0: Good morning, everybody. I'm going to invite folks to find a seat, and uh, we'll have folks trickling in. It's good to see you all this morning. Welcome to 1111 downtown, and welcome to you folks online that are watching. So glad to have you with us. I'm Tom McDermott, the, uh, the facilitator of this community and um, experience, and so glad to have you online and glad to have you with us in here this morning. Um, it's the beginning of Advent season, so we've got a kind of a special focus. If y'all are for y'all that are visiting for the first time, I think we see a couple of folks, uh, or if you're visiting online for the first time, we're sort of doing it a little differently during Advent, we do a lot of music, we do a lot of storytelling, and um, not so much pontificating and preaching. (laughs) So I announced last week that I probably wouldn't be doing a sermon. I think I actually said I will not be doing a sermon uh, for the next three Sundays. Uh, Mainly said it publicly so that I would make sure that I lived up to my own promise, Um, which is great because there's nothing I love more than telling stories and inviting people to tell stories and listening to some really great music. So um, I'm glad you're all here for that. I'm glad you did decided to check out to check in with us online as well so a couple of quick announcements while you're registering your attendance and with the cards and online um, first of all uh, is uh, is Nancy Der- I don't see Nancy Derringer here this morning but I think she's probably online she's almost always online watching on Facebook Um we're doing something on Monday. There's an organization here in Fort Worth called Braver Angels. It's actually a national organization, and their whole, their whole, their whole structure and, and mission is around finding ways to communicate with one another, finding better paths towards conversations across differences, especially in our particular cultural um, uh, experience that we're in right now, divisiveness. So they have local chapters, and we have a very strong local chapter in Fort Worth, one of our own, Nancy Derringer, who joined last week and has been involved in our online stuff and with a lot of our digital aspects. she uh, is, is a part of this, so one of the co-leaders of the, and coordinators of Braver Angels is going to be online with us tomorrow evening for the Crafting Difficult Conversations group. It's always Monday night, and it's always at 7. You'll see the information there. There's actually, if you want to get the Zoom link, you can either email me or you can email Nancy Derringer um, on the, uh, you see the email there, you can email her, and she'll send you the link and uh, you can link up with us at 7 o'clock and be a part of this conversation. We meet for about an hour, and, uh, and they're going to share some ideas, some basic techniques, as well as some ways we can get involved locally to make a difference. And really, this is, this is really one of the profound ways I think we can make a difference is by being more intentionally in conversations that are more about bridging differences and finding paths towards that than defining our differences. So... That's going to be something that I hope you'll join us. Just this one time, this coming Monday, tomorrow, so I hope you'll join in. Um, We will not be having Wine and Wishful Thinking. I mean, some of y'all will meet anyway because you just like to go to the wine house. But um, I will not be facilitating one this week because I've got church responsibilities. And so uh, we won't be having it this week. We'll see about next week how that happens. But um, So I invite you to uh, come and join us on the 11th instead of, I mean, yeah, on the 12th. Okay. But not this week. What else? Anything else? Oh, for the next Sundays, next Sunday is going to be another Advent Sunday special music. Got a huge surprise for you. Some of you all remember the last time I did the Born to be Wild story. And um, some of you have no idea what that is. And you need to be here because it's really a fun experience. And we have the addition of the clandestine ukulele orchestra that will also be joining us as well as some other surprises from the band. So I hope you'll tune in for that, uh, for the story, for the context, and then for the, also for the celebration and song. Then we'll have some other special music as well. Then on the 17th is our annual uh, winter solstice pre-Christmas Eve celebration. And that's always going to be some special music and some ge- special guests. And I believe we have Elizabeth Wills. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We think we have Elizabeth Wells. We have Hannah Kirby. Uh pretty right, sure about pretty that. Pretty sure. We're pre- okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have Hilary Tibbs.
1: We d- have All right, Hillary we have Hilary Tibbs. Okay.
0: And then we got Elena, we got the band, but we also pretty sure we have Hannah Kirby, and we'll see if we have Elizabeth Wills. <laughs> so let me, we'll have some special guests for that on the 17th. All right. So uh, I want to read for you something. This is a kind of a series. Our, our morning is kind of oriented around sort of almost a lessons in carols kind of approach, if you will. And so I want to read this story that I wrote, and I'm going to read it. Because I wrote it this past week, and I didn't memorize it, but it's a fun little way of introducing this idea of Advent, which means waiting or sort of anticipating. Or um, in our situation, I'm talking about kind of the expectations we bring to this space. Okay, so I'm in the TSA line at the airport, maybe ten rows deep, on my way home. I'm on my way home from for the holidays after a two-week author tour, children's author tour with schools and hospitals. The LED sign above says 35-minute wait. My flight leaves in 45 minutes. Now it'll probably be tomorrow before I get home after two weeks of being on the road, so I remember to breathe. The line is zigzagging back and forth and slowly slowing down more and more and then hypnotically dragging. And I drift off for a moment with my feet just inching forward almost unconsciously. But I'm remembering being in line at the Velvet Taco here in town just three weeks before I'd left, the lively music that's playing in the background. The employees there spoke to each customer like they were seated with a friend at a table and having a conversation about food or the clothing styles that we are wearing or maybe our hair color. So what kind of day are you having? They'd say, good morning, how you doing? Honestly, would say one woman would say to me, clarifying my order, I like my, mine with onions and other... Spices on the fish taco, so that later, when I'm talking to a friend, they'll know my day was a spicy one. <laughs> and we both laugh. Each order they call out is accompanied by love the color of your hair, or I hope this makes your day a little better, or I look forward to seeing you again next time. Suddenly, any stress that I brought in with me that day to the taco, to the velvet taco, has now dissipated by the time I leave. But back in the TSA line, still dragging slowly, We pass one another third, fourth, fifth time, awkwardly trying to avoid looking too directly into each other's eyes, though I'm starting to feel oddly connected to these people, and I'm tempted to start up a conversation. Hey, didn't I just see you a minute ago? We should be friends by now. But it's all seriousness in the TSA line with the implicit anxiety that accompanies this process. And I get it because we want to be safe. But we also don't want to miss our flight. But what may be missing in such a moment, like in all of our moments, is this experience of joy. In all our lines and our routines and even the challenging, frustrating moments, I wonder, is joy possible? How does one prepare the way in such a place or in such a time as this or this? John the Baptist felt something. He dressed up crazy and started shouting, make way for joy, make a path for love, because it's already here. And maybe that's the ticket that we don't wait for it. We just jump into the line and take it on faith. Little moments of joy at the heart of the matter that hold the whole thing together, even when things seem to be falling apart. Life can be anxious, and it can be mundane, like we're just sitting in a long line. John the Baptist says, repent, turn around, take notice, talk about it. Hope is opening up to the delight and the joy that is strangely always present even in the hard times. All joy needs is a path.
2: Nobody home, beat no trick, nobody have a nun. Yet yeah, should be the be Hey ho, nobody home. Hey ho, nobody home. Beat yeah, no trick, be nobody have a nun. Yet yeah, should be the be Hey ho, nobody home. Hey ho, nobody home. These goodnesses are so. so, so. Please, good a pear, a plum, a cherry Any, any good thing, thing to make, make us all merry One the be to do all Three, two, 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 four, three, three him who made us all Mm-mm-mm. God bless the master of this house And the mistress also And all the little chew Turn around your table, grow The cattle in your stable The dog by your front door And all the dwells within your gates We wish you ten times more Soul, soul, soul king, please good missus A soul king Apple, a bear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make a song Mary, one the to two the ball, three for him who made a song Go down into the cells and see what you can find Get the barrels on not empty We hope you will be kind We hope you will be kind With your apple and strawberry For come no more soul Till this time next year Soul, 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 okay. Please good us a soul apple, a pear, a plum, a chip. Any good thing to make a song. everyone one, the beat, to tube of all Three for him who made a soul. The streets are very dirty, my shoes are very thin. I have a little pocket to put a penny in. If you haven't got a penny, you hate and evil do. If you haven't got a heaping then God bless you. So 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 okay. Please good Mrs. So soul I pull a bear, a plum, a cherry. Any good thing to make us song. merry. One for Peter, two, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. So so soul, so soul, okay. Soul Please good Mrs. So okay. I drew a bear, a plum, a chick, any good thing to make us all merry. This One, the beats, the two of them. So Be the hymn, we made a song. So Be the hymn, we made a song. Good
3: morning. So, we're going to light the Advent calen- ca- candle today, and then we're going to say, hopefully, something together. <laughs> or actually, I'm going to say something that y'all are. <laughs> Responsive, there you go. <laughs> come, come, whoever you are, is my line. Now, y'all say. In this space, we are open, our hearts, we open our arms, we open our minds, we welcome all. mean in the, the candle, candle. <laughs> may we awaken to the hidden wholeness of grace that connects us all.
2: Nice. Now, I want to invite you good folks to please stand and sing this Christmas song with us. It's also time to bring your offering on up to the table. Here we go. Join with us right here. Love came down at Christmas. Love and lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Oh, yeah. Stars and angels gave the sign. Come on. Yeah. All right, we're going to sing that again. Here we go, y'all. Love came down at Christmas. Love, 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 love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Stars and angels gave the sign. Rock out, yeah, yeah. Now love shall be our token. Shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love from God to all of us. Love of the gift of sign. Rock out. Now the chorus again. Here we go. Love. Came down at Christmas, love, love, love love divine, love was born at Christmas, stars and angels gave the sign, stars and angels gave the sign. Would y'all please take a moment now and offer one another a sign of peace, please.
1: Good morning, everyone. We have some words to think about from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 33 through 37. Be constantly on the watch. Stay awake. You do not know when the appointed time will come. It's like people traveling abroad. They leave their home and put the workers in charge, each with a certain task, and those who watch at the front gate are ordered to stay on the alert. So stay alert. You do not know when the owner of the house is coming, whether at dusk, at midnight, when the cock crows, or at early dawn. Do not let the owner come suddenly and catch you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. <laughs> so now we
0: come to our, our,
3: our
0: Kairos time and I ask you to go to sleep. <laughs> 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 um, so we have this opportunity and it's in, and it's interesting that text. I didn't think about doing that text and then having Kairos I mean I thought about the order, I didn't think about what it was actually saying. If anything, Kairos is about being awake. It's about being present and attentive, but it's also about letting go. So it's this practice of learning how to be, and it's actually a very much a form of prayer. It's a it's a way of learning how to let go of the judgments and the anxieties, even as they come, even as our minds get flooded with lots of thoughts when we're trying to be meditative or when we're trying to be in sort of that silent still spot. These These things are fine and learning to, to see them, to recognize, and then let them go is a real talent for teaching us and uh, empowering us on how to do that in all of our moments. To be, to be ready for any moment where joy is waiting, where hope is waiting, where delight is waiting. And this guy, as Ross Gay would say, the wonderful uh, poet um, who wrote the Book of Delights, as he would say, what better time to be looking for delight than in those times when it seems least likely to find them, to find it. And so that appointed time is always inviting. And the challenge, of course, is to learn how to take it all in and let it go in order to experience what else is there. So what I'd like to invite you to do as we do with this time of sort of quiet breathing and um, I invite you to close your eyes if you'd like, or just to look down at the floor, don't look at me, but look at the floor, look at the chair in front of you, find a focal point, and just begin inhaling, slow inhales and exhale with a little bit longer exhale, maybe three or four seconds in, and then maybe four or five seconds out. Just invite you to do that, and then um, I'll invite you to do something else in just a moment. As you're inhaling, I invite you to take in the noise, the anxiousness, to really feel what it feels like to let that breath out and share it with others. And as you're continuing to breathe in and out, Think of one moment that comes to mind where you experienced a sense of surprise and delight. Just a deep, pleasurable, surprising moment. Might have been a smile from someone, and it might have been the funny phrase that someone said at the restaurant when you were ordering. Just a delightful moment. And continue to see that as you breathe in and exhale out. only one in this season we remember that we are in the midst of challenges all the time difficult images (coughs) bad stories anxiety and yet these delightful moments that are always waiting the kingdom always waiting to break in we know that it's there we just forget sometimes to be present remind us to breathe and that in within each breath we give thanks that we are present to the possibilities of the kingdom. Amen.
3: Come on, come on, come on! Let's go. Come on, uh, Fresno. Sit. You're only half coyote, so I know you speak my language. Sheep, you get back. This is Petey Fisk speaking to you for the Greater Tuna Humane Society. And I want to encourage any of you thinking about getting a Christmas pet not to succumb to the urge to get an exotic animal because after a few weeks the new wears off and I end up with it. It might be cute to teach barroom language to that minor bird, but when your fundamentalist relatives show up and they're woken up at dawn by that bird cussing up a blue streak, what do you do? You give them to me. That baby alligator is a family favorite when it's as long as your finger, but 10 months later, when it hisses at your sister-in-law and tries to mate with your luggage, what do you do? You give them to me. Exotic animals have mean streaks, and i got the stitches to prove it. If not, if, if skunks are moody, raccoons are self-centered, and wild boars have a zero success rate as yard pets. <laughs> so just say no to the wild animals. If nothing else, it'll cut down on your doctor bills. As my grandma used to say, You give nature some space, and it won't try to kill you. (laughs) Fresno, I know you're only half coyote, and you ain't used to being stampeded by wild sheep, but you bite me one more time, and you're gonna hear the call of the wild. (laughs) This, This natural enemy thing is just about to kill me. And Paula, I know iguanas are prone to depression, but you're gonna end up with a zipper and a snap if you don't lighten up. (laughs) I'm so ashamed of you all. Where's your Christmas spirit? There it is. Look at that star shining like the very first Christmas. Look at it. We're all a part of it, too. Shepherds watching their flock by night. Obviously, there was a coyote problem when they first saw it. Mary and Joseph went to the inn. There was no room, so they had to have the baby Jesus in a stable with the cattle and the sheep and the iguanas. (laughs) There wasn't even anybody here left to see that star when it was there. It's It's like looking at eternity, shining down on every one of us. Peace on earth, goodwill towards everybody. I never get tired of hearing that. Well, it's something to wish for anyway. This is Petey Fisk speaking to you for the Greater Tuna Humane Society. Thank you.
4: first year, they give you your first beer. When you get your heart broke, they're there for your worst year. Don't get you at all, but your apple don't fall too far from them. They own too much wicker and drink too much liquor. It washed your hands of them, blood's always thicker. You might look just like them, but that don't mean you're like them, but you love them. Family in church dog in, in prison, prison you, you get what you get, you get and you don't get to pick up They might smoke like chimneys but give you their kidneys Friends come in handy but family is family and There when you're married, divorced and remarried You fall out of touch but then someone gets married.
0: Nice. So um, let's see. I'm going to stay down here. I think this will work fine. The band is going to stick around. Um, So I love this theme. Of course, this is the holiday season, so families reign prominent during the holiday season. Um, And sometimes the family is an extended family, and that's also fun. Uh, I know we have several communities actually in the 1111, the larger 1111 community, as well as in the larger church. And and it's always interesting, because there's all these family dynamics that go on no matter what group you're going to get into. There's always going to be dynamics. And the challenge is to see past the dynamics, and that invites a greater learning curve and of learning experience as also a surprising element to um, what you thought you knew, right? When, you're, when you allow this sort of family to be together. And uh, I was thinking about that. I kept thinking that line says, you might not look like them, but you love them. And then I kept thinking, you might not like them, but you love them. And I was thinking, is that what that says? I don't know. That's what I keep reading. You might not like them, but you love them. But, but that's true, too. That's true, too. And, and so the challenge is to sort of see the bigger picture. When we are open to that, that's really what I think waiting is about. Waiting, if anything, this season is about learning how to transcend our judgments And transcend our knowing. And to try to find that intimate space, you know, like the Taoist parable that I've read before about, that I talked about before, where the guy doesn't know where he's going and he tells his master, his master says, Well, you've come a long way from the mountains. You know where you're going? He says, I don't know. And then the master says, That's great. Knowing is the most, unknowing is the most intimate, not knowing. And that's the challenge. When we cannot know our moments intentionally, we can find something else. And oftentimes it will be the most amazing thing that we didn't expect. So I want to share with you a story. And it's a story of parenthood and of childhood wisdom and sort of the discoveries that happen when we open ourselves up to our moments rather than trying to sort of routinize them, routinize them, or control them. So this story takes place a long time ago with my son, my oldest son, now thirty years old, now thirty-five years old. And the funny thing is, is that every time I tell this story, I think to myself, he hasn't changed that much. <laughs> this happened when he was eight years old, nine years old, but I remember it really has sort of been seminal and a telling story for him too. When he was in third grade, he had the inkling that he wanted to learn how to uh, be a karate master. He was going to learn how to be a a kung fu, kind of a black belt in kung fu. And it seemed like it would be a fun thing for us to do together. Baseball wasn't working. No matter how many times I stood at the outside outfield fence when they were playing a game, Linda said, you need to go out there and stand by the fence again. there he was in right field, and I'd say, Tim, look at the batter. (laughs) But this felt like something we could do together. The YMCA was holding family classes, so the two of us enrolled, and it was wonderful. We went out and we bought our white geese, got our white belts. And then after the first class, we started to go home. And Tim was asking me, he was saying, Dad, how long do you think I could be a black belt like the, like the sensei, like the teacher? And I said, well, Tim, it takes a long time, but, you know, you'll do pretty good. Bet you we get pretty far along. And, but then he said, Dad, no, I want to know how long will it take? How long, Dad? Do you think it's gonna take? How long, Dad? You know, I hate to have to wait. I'm beginning to think. I'm on the brink. I want to know it right now. How long? Well, you know, it was one of those third-grade kind of questions. It never stops. And so we pulled into the driveway, and I said, Tim, let me tell you something. Now, I had just been touring around the country, just starting up my storytelling career. I had an arsenal. Of fables and telling and teaching tales so I said Tim there was once this master who had a he was an amazing master artist and he had a student who wanted to be just like him and every day he asked the same question you're asking he said master how long before I can be a, a fine artist like you and his master said well you'll have to be with me for a while but maybe 10 years Tim's eyes went wide he knew that was a long time I said I know that's what the student said too it's a long time But the student said, what if I really work at it? I mean, what if I really study your techniques and I really work at it, how long? And the master looked at the student and said, 20 years. (laughs) And now Tim was confused. He looked up at me and he said, Dad, that doesn't make any sense. And I said, that's what the student said. So he said, Master, I don't understand. And what if I work really, really hard at it? I mean, if I imitate you, stroke for stroke, color for color. And he said, if you do all of that, It'll take you 30 years. So now Tim was really confounded, and he said, I don't get it, Dad. And I said, that's what the student said. But the master said, when you realize that where you are is where you need to be, and you're focused, and you're, and you're committed to that moment alone, then you'll realize you're already there. Now, my 9-year-old son pondered that for a moment, and then he got out of the car, and we walked up to the door, and he looked at me and said, Dad... Fine, but how long before I can be a black belt? (laughs) How long, Dad? Do you think it's gonna take? How long, Dad? You know I hate to have to wait. Well, I'm beginning to think that I'm ready. I'm ready right now. So how long? Well, now, we went to this class For about six to eight weeks, and it came up every single time, that question. You think I'm there yet? Do you think I'll get to move on to the next belt? Do you think I'll get to get a black belt? I'm pretty good, Dad. You know, third grader kind of talking. And So when we got to the YMCA parking lot after about six weeks, I looked at him and I said, it was just getting to be pestering, but I thought, well, here's still a blank slate. I can try some more stories. And I said, Tim, you know, I want to tell you a quick story. There was this guy who was this old guy sitting on the porch of his house. And he had a black pot and he was stirring it. It was so strange that people who would walk by would notice that here's this old guy stirring a black pot on his porch. So one fellow decided to question what was going on. And he walked up to that old man. He looked at the black pot and he noticed it was filled with golden nuggets. I mean, real gold. Tim seemed interested. He said, how did that get there? And I said, well, that's what the young man said to the old man. The old man said, this is really easy. Anybody can do this. The young man said, I don't get it. How can you do that? You didn't start with gold? He said, no, no, no. And he poured the gold out on the porch. He said, I'll show you what you do. You take mud and you take rock and you throw it into the pot. And then you spit and you start stirring it. And then as he was talking to the young guy and stirring the pot of rock, mud, and spit, golden nuggets started to appear. And the young man's eyes went wide. He said, that's amazing. He said, no, it's really not that hard, the old guy said. So he gave him the pot and said, don't forget the formula and go and try it out yourself. And Tim looked at me and he said, and did it work? And I said, well, the young guy took the pot home. He did just like the old guy had told him. He put in mud, he put in rock, he spit once and he started stirring and he got mud and rock and spit. He said, he did it again, he did it again. And He did it for days, I said. And Tim was like, well, what was he doing wrong? And I said, that's what he wondered too. And so he took the pot back to the old man, and he walked up to the porch, and the old guy was still sitting out there, and he said, you lied to me. And the old guy says, I don't ever tell lies. He said, what do you mean? And he said, I did exactly what you said, and all I've gotten was mud, rock, and spit. And the old guy looked at him for a moment, and then his face went wide, and he said, I almost forgot. Did I forget to tell you that while you're stirring, you must never think about the gold? Well, you know, it worked. He never asked that question again. He got out of the car and I could see him shaking his head. I thought, my son's pretty bright. My third grade son was thinking to himself, every time I ask dad a question, he tells me a stupid story that doesn't make any sense. So he didn't ask me anymore. And then one, one evening after class. We were standing in line and at the end of the class, the sensei would always line us up and then he would go down the line because parents had reported to him, maybe my son or my daughter got a nice grade in class, maybe they got a, a good citizenship notice or something, and then maybe they were actually going to be tested and they, ex- and they received their next belt. And so the sensei would go up and down the line alphabetically until he'd get down towards us and, and it was always calling someone forward. And then when someone would get acknowledged, they would back I mean they would walk forward to the sensei and the sensei and his assistants would bow and then he would say what the award was and then the the student would bow again and then we'd all applaud as the student backed up into line again. It's very formal, very ritualized. And so we were sitting there and they were calling out the names when they got to the McDermott's, to the M's. And the sensei said, Tim McDermott. And I looked down at Tim and Tim looked up at me I hadn't said anything, Tim McDermott, and I said, well, go on, and so he walked up, and when he stood there in front of the sensei, the sensei looked at the students and said, Tim, you started late in the class. We'd already been working for a while, but we've noticed how hard you're trying, and so what we want to do is we want to skip a belt, and we're going to start you on the gold belt so that we can move you on to the next one, and so he took the gold belt and he wrapped it around his waist. And they, everybody applauded as he bowed, and he backed up. He was so excited. Sensei started to call the next name, but Tim was looking up at me and pulling on my sleeve, you know, my gi. He said, Dad, and I said, Tim, wait a minute. He said, Dad, and I said, Tim, what? And he said, not once did I think about the gold. <laughs> How long, Dad? do you think it's gonna take how long dad you know i hate to have to wait but i'm beginning to think that we might be on the brink of discovering just how the most important time we have is now Thank you. (laughs) Linda said, well, you're gonna say something after that, aren't you? And I said, no. So um, I love this. This is such a beautiful song. What was it that Krista Tippett said uh, when she was talking to, on the most recent TED Talk? And she said, um, what, what we need to do is we need to make good news as riveting as bad news. Right? And so there's so many people being Jesus out there. Right? We just, and we get the chance to be Jesus too. And we get the chance to sort of go like, there's, some, there's something exciting here. Not sure where it is, but I, I know it's here. And be, be part of that path. And so my benediction for us is coming from Mary Oliver, of course. So let's stand. If you know it, you can say it with me. But it's our benediction for maybe the rest of this Advent season. Instructions for life. Pay attention, be astonished, and tell about it. Amen.